Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. Today's special guest, Pastor Marcus Collins from All Tribes Christian Fellowship in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you very much for being here today, Pastor Marcus, to share your testimony. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. How long have you been pastoring All Tribes Christian Fellowship? I've been at All Tribes about 26 and a half years. <laughs> My father was the senior pastor, and he invited me over to help out. They were going through some building programs and he recently had colon cancer and he asked my wife and I to come over for about six months and that six months turned into 26 and a half years so about the past 16 years I've been the, uh, the senior pastor. Wow and what were you doing prior to uh, ministry? Uh, prior to ministry I was self-employed I uh, had a landscape company and two years pre- previous to that uh, I was in the U.S. Army. Interesting. So are there different tribes at All Tribes Christian Fellowship? We currently have approximately around seven to eight tribes. Um, predominantly right now is Navajo. But uh, over the years, we had at one time over 20 tribes. And wow. So over the years, the different tribes that moves in and moves out of the city. Um, when I first got there, probably the Apache was the largest tribe. But uh, right now is the Navajo and we had people from uh, Alabama, Cachada, uh tribe all the way across America. Wow. And did you find that they moved because of work? Yes. Most um, moved because of work. Most people don't realize this, but uh, there's more natives off the reservations than there are on the reservations. And here in Phoenix, there's probably approximately around 100,000 that lives in the metroplex of uh, Maricopa County. Wow. And um, are you Native American? I'm very little Native American. On my mom's side, she had a great-great-great-grandfather who was full-blood, like feet from the uh, Montana, uh, Dakotas area. But uh, outside of that, um, it's just the calling of the Lord to be in missions. Amen. Thank you for being obedient. Thank you. Have you visited any reservations? I've been pretty much almost majority of the reservations here in Arizona, uh, then up around the New Mexico, Colorado uh, border. It's been on several of those as well. And does your church go to reservations and witness to the people there? Uh, we, uh, several th- things we have done over the 26 plus years we, uh, that I've been there. One is uh, we have done a lot of building programs. And so we go in and help small churches with uh, replacing their roof or buying generators or building um, um, extra buildings that, you know, add on to their churches and different things like that. And then we have done uh, times where we have, we still involved in a a youth camp on the Navajo reservation every year. We help them get that started Uh, a few years ago. Mark McKellar, you had Mark McKellar here. Mm-hmm. On your radio station. So when they they interned at our church, when they left New York, 
and uh, after they left our church, we went to Bidihochi, uh, the Broken Arrow Chapel. Uh, they started a, a youth camp, and so we helped them get that started, and we've been part of that for all these years. I think this is their 12th summer. Just had it last week. And then uh, we have done um, children's ministry programs on other parts of the reservation. So kind of do a little bit of both, but majority of it has been uh, building programs. And what is the vision that God has given you for All Tribes Christian Fellowship? Our vision uh, for many years was to reach out to all Native Americans in the Maricopa County area to provide them a place of um, fellowship, worship, training, ascending. That's kind of like our vision statement. Um, But uh, probably about five years ago, our leadership kind of felt that God had expanded them more than just to Native Americans. And so we had changed our, they changed our vision statement as Native Americans to reach out to all people. And so our doors, although we're still predominantly Native Americans, our doors open to, to all people who's willing to come in and fellowship, and they see our vision and what we're doing. Uh, we welcome them to be part of it. And do you see that that's starting to happen too? That uh, different people other than Native Americans are coming in. Uh, yes, and so when I took over, majority of the staff was uh, Anglo, mm-hmm. and so. Over the years, I replaced them with Native Americans. And then uh, right now, our worship pastor is African-American. The one previous to that, that served about 18 months, was uh, uh, his family was from Mexico. And so he served as our worship pastor. And then the one previous to that, uh, for that served about two or three years, was uh, Filipino. And so we tried to, you know, if we're going to say we're going to reach out to all people, then we want a all people representation on our in our leadership and different parts of the ministry amen what is unique about all tribes christian fellowship well the uniqueness has came from uh being predominantly native american uh, when i first attended uh came on board with my father back 26 years ago most uh mainline denomination had a Native American church and so over the years majority of those are closed down I think the Southern Baptist may still have one open uh, most of them closed down and they went to mega churches and had like a small group Bible study or a fellowship reaching out to Native Americans but uh, we are still uh, here in the valley and mm-hmm. um and so, but uh, again, although we're unique to Native Americans, uh, we're open for all people. Right. Now, so. has that change of um, those clo- those churches closing down, has that negatively or positively impacted the community? It's, it's kind of um, a little bit of both. Okay. And so... Uh, the negative part is that those that are still want to attend just a church for their people, mm-hmm. uh, that is a negative because there's not too many left out there. On the flip mm-hmm. side of that, uh, with in the past, like I stated, 26, 30, 40 years ago, um, most of the Native Americans came off the reservation. They were born on the reservation, speak their, their language, and then they moved to the Phoenix area or any major city for 
for jobs. But as they have moved on to into the city, now their children and their grandchildren was born in Phoenix, and most of them don't speak their language, and so so they are raised in the you know metroplex mentality. And so when they do decide to go to church, it's easy for them just to go to a church in their neighborhood, and they're not necessarily looking for a predominantly um, ethnic church. And so, right. So that's kind of the positive side is that um, that they are willing to open themselves and get out of their comfort zone and just go to a, a you know hopefully a Bible believing church. And so, but. Again, on the negative side, churches like ours, sometimes it begins to struggle because, you know, people are looking um, for bigger churches, better programs, and that will minister to their kids. And so. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach. I'm talking to today's special guest, Pastor Marcus Collins from All Tribes Christian Fellowship in Phoenix, Arizona. Pastor Marcus, what is your church focusing on now? So right now, um, we're trying to just rebuild uh, our church. Uh, back in 2008, when the economy class uh, crashed, uh, most of our workers and families, they were in construction and things like that. And so we had a mass exit, uh, them going either back to the reservation or to other cities to find jobs. And so our whole dynamic of our church kind of changed from a family-oriented church to a senior citizen church. Mm-hmm. And so since then, we've been slowly rebuilding, trying to bring the families back in and things like that. So next week, we actually, uh, Monday through Friday, have a vacation Bible school, which we haven't. So all week. It's all week in the mm-hmm. evening time. And so so we're trying to, we haven't had a vacation Bible school in probably three or four years. And so we're trying to get back into trying to bring the families back in and, mm-hmm. and not just Native families. No, we're canvassing our neighborhood with flyers and just trying to be a community church. And what are some recent miracles or wonders that you have witnessed at All Tribes Christian Fellowship? I'm sure you've witnessed so many in the many years that you've been there. We have a uh, a, uh, a group text. It's one way, so I send it out and people receive it, but there's not a response. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's kind of our prayer and information and th- um, uh, means of communication. And so uh, in 2017, we've seen great many pr- uh, miracles came out of the prayer. So not necessarily from our church Sunday mornings or at the altar, but through extended prayer as we send out these group texts for prayer. So one was that my mom, uh, in uh, late December of 2016, she, she, they spotted a spot on her lung. And so in early January, uh, she went to the Mayo Clinic and they gonna do a CAT scan. And so before we went in, we visited the dark doctor and he stated that, you know, according to how big it is and what type of spot it is, this is going to be the treatments, everything from it may be three or four months up to it may be cancerous or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they uh, did the CAT scan. And so my mom told the doctor, don't call me, call my son, Marcus, and give him the information. And so when the doctor called back, he stated that um, there is no spot. It's gone. 
And so this is, you know, a Mayo Clinic doctor with their CAT scans. And later on in the year, we had a, uh, uh, a member call me and uh, she had a, a cousin who was in a car accident. And they took him again to the Mayo Clinic. And that was the closest by. And they did their scans, whether it's an X-ray or CAT scan. They found the, uh, a hole in his esophagus mm-hmm. and from the accident. And they said, we can't treat you here. We're going to send you to the Scottsdale Hospital. And so she called me during that time. So they transported him from the Mayo Clinic to the Scottsdale Hospital. And um, during that 20-minute ride, when they got to Scottsdale Hospital, they did their own testing. And when they got there, they said, I don't know why they sent you here, but there's no hole. You're fine. And they sent them home. Wow. And so... Only God, huh? Only God. <laughs> and so there's, there's just been a, you know, a newborn baby had a disease. We prayed. The disease was gone. And oh, so how we, beautiful. we've just seen many things. How um, beautiful. Thank you, God. Pastor Marcus, I've always wanted to ask this question. And um, for some reason, it came to me to ask you, why do you think when we pray for our unsaved family members that it seems t- that they reject him more? Uh, two answers, I think. Uh, first one is it's a spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And so Satan is not willing to give up any territory. Mm-hmm. And so when we start praying and, and uh, trying to bring in our unsaved loved ones, uh, he's going to fight not to give those up. Fight harder. Fight harder. Uh, the second reason, and most people don't like to hear this, I think because, and I've seen it multitude of times in the Native American uh, church and the families, is that uh, we become their savior. So if they have a rebellious uh, child or spouse or alcoholic or one on drugs, um, when they get in trouble, I've seen the parent bail them out. They bring them home. They you know, give them food and all this other stuff, and they don't try to hold them accountable. So they come to church on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights and pray for me, you know, you know, pray for my son or my husband or whatever. But when they get home, they become the, their savior. They rescue them. Mm. They don't hold them accountable. And so, as long as that that's taking place, they don't have a, a reason or a need to turn to Jesus as their Savior because their loved one is their Savior. So they're operating on the flesh and not allowing God right, right. to reach them. Right. And and so, and that's, that is a hard cycle to break. And I've seen right. people willing to do that. I, I have a friend that their son was on drugs. He came home one night and his suitcase was on the front porch and goes, I'm sorry, son, but you're no longer help, you know, here. And knowing that he's going to go out and live on the streets, and he did for a couple of years, but his son came back and said, I'm ready to give it up, and I'm ready to get treatment and uh, get healed and, you know, wow. deliver from this. And so it works, but most people in the flesh cannot right. take that pain knowing mm-hmm. that um, that's what it takes Sometimes that's what it takes. Right. You know? Sometimes. Sometimes they don't, you know, you know, we like Teen Challenge or other places they could go to. They're not willing to put them in that. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think a lot of times 
uh, we don't see them come to the saving grace because we're as family members we're we're acting like that we are acting that way mm-hmm. we are their savior we're their savior yeah. and so but well you know what i really like that answer i know you said that most people don't want to hear it i actually wanted to hear it thank you i really did thank you my question, uh, another question I have about um, is about church partnerships. I see that you partner with other churches. Um, what or do you ever, um, or what do you think, why other churches are not partnering to support each other? Well, I think uh, there's uh, a few reasons. And um, one is that there's power and control. And I think a lot of times when churches come together, uh, somebody, and usually it's the predominant personality or, or, um, or say, a, a bigger ministry or church partnering with a smaller one, they feel the need that they have to be the one that's leading it or being in control of it and stuff. And so a lot of times people don't want to give up power and control. Other things could be doctrine, denominations. Some people just don't want willing to uh, go across their denominational status or their doctrine and so that will hold them back Um, politics um, I've seen you know just politics in general hold things back Um, another things I've seen over the years is that uh, they they want to partner but they can't come to agreement on stuff and uh, or a project or whatever it may be and so Everybody has their ideas, and nobody wants to surrender or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, the other thing is is time and hard work. Um, partnering with uh, with other people, it takes time. Mm-hmm. It's a process. It isn't that part of ministry. It's, it's part of ministry, but they look at it and say, well, I'm already working 40, 50, 60 hours at my own church. Mm-hmm. I don't have five hours or 10 hours, whatever it takes to add to being a partner in another ministry or another event or a project. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it's a time issue and it's, it's hard work. I mean, it's, it's not an easy thing, but uh, what they don't see, the fruit that may come out of it. Exactly. You know, and, and so. And what is the fruit? Well, that's part of my sermon. So you got to come back next time. Okay, and you're giving that sermon next week. That's so true. I'm so looking forward to it. So what is needed to change the mentality of the churches to begin to partner with e- with each other? So it's a mindset. It's a mindset. It, and a heart issue, don't you think? Because you said it's right. about power and control. Right. And so, so that has to be a heart issue, too. The, the first thing is a heart issue. And so and I, I was told by one of my mentors early in the ministry that only God can change the heart. And so you have to just pray. And I think exactly. that's true that God has to do a heart change in you. And once mm-hmm. you have that heart change, then it's a mental thing where you have to be intentional about it mm-hmm. and say, whatever the consequences or the hard work or the time, the effort, I'm willing to do it. Exactly. So, that is it so doesn't true. Come easy. And it's, it's, it's just like any other spiritual discipline or right. discipline in general. Uh, it takes uh, effort. It takes intentional, you know, the old saying at the beginning of the year, everybody wants to lose weight. But after the third week of in January, they stopped going to the gym and they gave mm-hmm. up their diet because, you know, everybody wants to do it. But it's, it takes discipline and intentionality to, to get it done. It's so well worth it. Yes. Right. Right. All, all of the things from God are so well worth it. 
And yes, it takes probably a little more time than the worldly things. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, it's so well worth it. And it probably brings a lot more, not only fruit, but blessings. Right. Right? Not only to your life, but the lives of other people. Other people. And that's the, the one of the main things is you can reach out and touch more people. Exactly. Than just your own little group. Amen. So what can the community do to help support all tribes? We we just are open to, you know, I was, again, I was told by um, a, mentor, uh, a mentor early in my ministry, don't refuse help. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter how big or small it may be. Exactly. You welcome it, you take it, you receive it. Uh, if you can't use it, you pass it on to somebody else that can use it. And so uh, right now... Um, You know, with all small churches, obviously finances uh, right. is is needed with any small church. But uh, outside of that, uh, uh, it's whatever God Prayer. places on your on your heart. Right. Prayer, pray, uh, stand alone aside, offering. You know, um, mm-hmm. We most people don't understand the power of prayer. Exactly. And and we have had in the past uh, three months. Five funerals. Oh my God! And uh, three of those were elders, and two were young men. Hmm. And so, uh, when our elders are passing away, you always heard the thing about a praying grandmother, and it is so true with the power of praying grandmothers. But as the elders are passing away, we don't see the younger generation stepping up to that level of prayer and discipline and getting on their knees and just breaking down boundaries and, and walls and stuff. And, you know, I, that's, I just tell people all the time, especially if you're homebound and you're, you don't have much to give, get on your knees and pray. And pray. Because that can do so much when you can be a committed prayer warrior to break down walls for churches and, and people. Amen. And if you're not a prayer warrior, start being one. Start being one. Praying without ceasing, right? Right, right. Thank you so much, Pastor Marcus, for being my guest today. And I would love for you to close in prayer. Prayer for all the churches uh, nationwide to begin to partner with each other and and anything else uh, the Holy Spirit may be leading you to pray for. Okay. Father, we just thank you that uh, you are the Heavenly Father that sits on the throne today. Father, you know what's going on in the world. You know what's going on in our own neighborhood. And Father, I just pray for all the churches, Father, especially those that are listening to this radio and podcast, Father. I just pray, Father, that uh, you just pierce their heart. Start pulling back the layers, Father, for those that uh, had opportunities in the past to partner with other churches and other ministries, but for some reason they didn't, Father. I just pray, Father, that you start peeling back the layers of their heart and let them have a heart transplant, Father, to see the need of churches and ministries and people coming together, not for their own personal church or program or project, Father, but to see the kingdom of God to grow. 
to see the darkness of uh, the, the darkness, Father, to be broken down and shattered, and see the kingdom of God to be raised up in neighborhoods, in places that looked hopeless, Father, because churches and people were willing to to, to, uh, to come together to partner in one accord, Father. Father, remind us that this is not our church, that this is your church. And there's only one person that died on the cross for all people, but also for the local churches. And that was your son, Jesus Christ, Father. So remind us, Father, that this is your church, not our church. And so therefore, Father, will you be willing to do what you did for us, that you was willing to partner with us to come from heaven, be born on earth, Father, and to walk with us and partner with us that we can see people get saved and people get healed and people get delivered, Father. And Father, I just pray, Father, that you just let it go out into their hearts and into their minds, Father, and let them be intentional about it, Father. And we just give you the glory and honor and praise in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. We have run out of time, but we will return next Sunday at 7 p.m. with a sermon from Pastor Marcus Collins here at Faith City Outreach. If you're a pastor or a Christian leader and are interested in being interviewed in this program, please email me at fcoprogram at gmail.com. Si usted es un pastor o líder cristiano y está interesado en ser entrevistado en este programa, por favor envíeme un correo electrónico a fcoprogram.com. If you are looking for a church in Phoenix, Arizona, I invite you to come to King Jesus Christ Ministry at 3106 North 35th Avenue, Suite 3. Their phone number is 602-688-8888. 602-688-8888. Si estás buscando una iglesia en Phoenix, Arizona, te invito a venir a King Jesus Christ Ministry en 3106 Norte en la Avenida 35, en la Suite 3. El número de teléfono es 602-688-8888. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. If you are looking for a Holy Spirited and bilingual church in the Phoenix, Arizona area, I invite you to King Jesus Christ Ministries at 3106 North 35th Avenue, Suite 3, Phoenix, Arizona. The zip code is 85017. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.